What's up and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek for Monday, November 18th. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Caroline Gonzalez as Jim Mike can offer due to load management does have the day <laughs> off. It's nice, you know, Jim can just take days off whenever he wants and we're sitting in here, hardworking individuals, just, you know, getting out, pushing out content, things like that. Must you know. be nice, Jim. You know, I hope you're enjoying your cozy bed at home, probably watching Rewatching the Seahawks game from last week, but you know, we can't all be as great as you, Jim. No, definitely not. But we are here today and we have a great show for you as Andrew Lopez will stop by from ESPN.com. We'll call him a friend of the program and we'll discuss plenty of things, including last night's win over the Golden State Warriors. Also, Andrew has a ton of stuff coming out this week, so look for that on ESPN.com. We'll also get into potentially a Carmelo Anthony debut tomorrow night for the Pelicans for the Blazers against the Pelicans. And that means we'll have a Caroline Gonzalez story story time <laughs> with Caroline Gonzalez. I think every time you're on the podcast now, we need to do story time. Oh, trust me. I have plenty of embarrassing stories. So, okay. And you do have one about Carmelo. Yes, I do have an interesting one about Carmelo. It's not necessarily as embarrassing for me as it is my family, but you know, throw some family shame in there, you know, I'm not embarrassed. Hey, why not? Right. It's always great when you can embarrass your family yeah. on, a national podcast, so yeah. international podcast. You can listen to this anywhere around the world. So. Yeah, you can. iTunes is a, is a heck of a thing. Absolutely. Um, so, Caroline, a big win last night for the Pelicans. I say big, much-needed win. You know, when you're 3-9, and nine, you're battling so many injuries. You're facing a team in Golden State that is just as shorthanded as you are, and you come out and you take care of business. I thought it was a really important win last night. I thought so, too, and it was pretty interesting going into the game because of all of the injuries that both teams had. You knew it was going to be a battle. You knew that neither team was just going to go go out there and kind of lay down, but every guy for both teams has something to prove, and that's why I was more interested to see uh, the game last night because you had – uh, you know, Pelicans had Drew Holiday and J.J. Redick, who are obviously great players, and all of the Pelicans players are great players, but more established in the league. But you were going to have those guys that were going to go out and battle it out, guys like Kenrich Williams who have everything to prove, and you cannot take possibly take Kenrich Williams out of the basketball game because every single time he sits on the bench, he's like, all right, put me back in, put me back in. And, and you had that on both sides, guys who had something to prove and guys that were just excited to go out there and play basketball. And one of those guys, I think, was Jackson Hayes, who had himself one heck of a day not only did he have his first career start he had his first career double double but also his dad was in attendance who uh, works in the uh, with the St. Louis team in the XFL so I thought a pretty special day and a pretty special weekend for him and, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I'm a big sucker for family I I am a big family person and uh, I love spending time with my family and every time my my parents or my siblings were able to come to any one of my games I always felt so good it was always my best performing games I remember when I was young I had a soccer game and I was a bench player mm. and I never uh, was able to go out on the field and I played in one soccer game and I scored two two goals when my brother was in attendance for the game like every time I my family was in the in the crowd I always played well and it was just such a special moment for Jackson Hayes to be able to uh, share that moment and that memory with his dad and I think that's something that he is going to carry on with him for the rest of his career and the rest of his life were your parents ones that would yell during the game or oh embarrassingly root for you or I, so my dad was definitely one of those dads who would yell at the refs no matter if they were good or bad. He was always yelling at them. And I remember one AAU game, I went into the stands and I said, stop 
talking and I just put my finger in my dad's face and I was definitely not one of those kids that was like disrespectful to my parents at all but I was just so embarrassed and so tired of his, him yelling and I didn't want the refs to I just felt bad for the refs honestly so I just stormed in the bleachers and I was like stop talking and you know my dad was definitely one of those parents that got ejected out of games and my mom was just my mom bless her heart was just cheer for me on defense mm -hmm. and say go Caroline score all the points and I'm like mom I'm, <laughs> I'm on the defensive side yeah. of the ball like you know you know bless her heart she tried and you know she is a lot better now but uh she she would make it to as many games as she could and she would cheer loud and proud so I was always very happy to have my my parents in the crowd my dad I played baseball and basketball I would just hear him because he had that voice and sometimes you probably hear it in mine a little bit he'd be like come on guys let's <laughs> hustle out there but of course it'd be dead silent when he did that and everyone would know it's my dad and i'm like oh for god's yeah, sake my mom was dad we're playing baseball for god's <laughs> sake where's the hustle we all stand out there waiting for the ball to hit to us like what do you let's get some runs Let's go. I'm just like, oh, Lord. Yeah, that was my mom. Like, you know, we love our parents. But my mom is definitely the mom that cheered in layup lines. And, like, if God forbid if some player touched me or barely found me, she'd be like, hey, stay away from my daughter. And yeah. I'm just like, Mom, it's contact sport. It's fine. Everyone simmer down. <laughs> oh, good stuff there. So, yeah, a big week, though, for the Pelicans, Caroline. Before we get into Andrew Lopez, you have a home game tomorrow against the Portland Trailblazers, who are struggling. And also you get a rest advantage on them. They play the Houston Rockets tonight in Houston and then you have a tough road trip all three teams over 500 all of them playing well so a team that hasn't played too well on the road I think this week could not make or break you it's so early in the season but this could be a hit or miss week depending on how the Pelicans do on this road trip well as I mentioned you're going to have guys that are going out on the floor with something to prove and you have a lot of depth on this team and hopefully you get some guys back from injury this week which I'm sure we'll get into later in the show but that injury report was very long for the Pelicans but still you had guys that are going out there and playing hard and putting everything out on the basketball court and so yes you're going to be going against high caliber teams and teams that are over 500 but it's not an excuse for the Pelicans to just lay down it's a, it's really a reason for them to go out and play even harder because they do have something to prove uh, to everyone in the league. All right, joining us now is Andrew Lopez from ESPN.com. We've had him on earlier in this season. We bring him back on this Monday. He joins us in studio. Andrew, how close were you to playing yesterday? Because we were down to about nine guys. You got J.J. Redick back, but I think Alvin was – potentially looking for some guys during our, our pregame uh, visit with him. Yeah, he told Antonio Daniels he had six fouls. He had about 20 minutes for him. So if he had about 20 minutes for an Antonio, he probably had about two for me. Okay. Um, I was getting ready. I was I was stretching pregame. <laughs> I think Caroline probably had a had a leg up on me, if we're being honest. He True. was probably ahead of me in the rotation. So, But I was ready, man. I was I was getting my stretches in, and I was – I was gonna get my six fouls, and I was gonna be just like Antonio. I wasn't. I wasn't gonna. Don't look for me to do anything else, but but what get foul? you six hard fouls. Yeah. You know, I was a little upset because Alvin just looked at me and said, "I'm not gonna put yeah. you in because you went to Georgia Southern." So like, we eliminated any hope of me making my NBA debut last night, which I was. I had my warm ups on underneath my suit. Yeah. I, congrats, by the way, on being the only loss for his his Appalachian State, causing them to drop right now. I, th I think that's very funny. I appreciate that. You know, Daniel is smiling <laughs> ear to ear. He's so excited. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> because they've only lost twice in the last two seasons, and they're both to Georgia Southern, both ranked. And so now Alvin, I think, secretly hates me. Well, both, Alvin probably watched win. the game film from the media basketball game two years ago and saw the over-the-head, slight bend of the knee shot and was like, it's not Probably over not. the head. It's to the side. Why doesn't anyone get that? It looks ugly. I'll admit it, but it's effective. <laughs> Will Guillory, where you at? <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's a Will Guillory conversation. Yep. I'll let I'll let you guys have that one later. Okay, sounds good. Uh, let's 
Let's talk about the win yesterday, though, because the Pelicans, you know, at 3-9 and nine and all these injuries, you go into a game against another team facing just as many injuries in Golden State. I thought, like, I didn't want to label yesterday must win because, come on, we're 12 yeah. games in. But I thought yesterday was very important to get, especially before you head on this tough road trip at the end of this week. Yeah, and when you originally looked at this game on the schedule, it looked like a terrible game that was going to be a bad loss because you were – it was the second night of a back-to-back. You played in Miami at 7 p.m. Central the night before. Yep. This was a 6 o'clock start, so you are already earlier on your time schedule. This was one of those games that Alvin just kind of shakes his head at when he looks at right. the schedule and goes, oh, another game in 23 hours. Yeah, this thanks. Is, this is great. You were already shorthanded. It just kind of helped that the Warriors were also as shorthanded. I think the injury report yesterday was 16 players long. Have you ever seen that? I know the Pelicans have dealt with injuries in the past, but as far as two teams entering the game with that many injuries and that many uh, stars out. No, I mean, have you seen that before? I think I forgot who tweeted it out, but it was somebody who tweeted out everybody who was out, and that team would win like an NBA championship with like seventy-four <laughs> wins. Like it was insane. Yeah, the roster of people who were out. Um, but no, especially not in November. Like you've seen it maybe in April when guys are getting shut down for the season, and even then, it's probably one team who has eight or nine. Yeah, I've never seen it to where you had sixteen players. Uh, on an injury report. That was insane last night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about some of the guys that helped in the win yesterday. And we mentioned J.J. Redick before and how great he was and the value he added after missing Saturday's game. But I think everyone keeps talking about the rookies right now and Nikhil Alexander-Walker yeah. coming off his career high Saturday night. Jackson Hayes getting his first career star yesterday in the double-double. I mean, un- unbelievable these two have played and they've had themselves one heck of a weekend. Yeah, that, that double-double was something, man. I don't <laughs> – I remember waiting that whole fourth quarter for that tenth rebound. I know. Somehow he got it with one minute when he was on the bench. I don't. I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> I'll take the double double. I think Jackson will. They take were the reviewing another rebound. Probably. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, you can change scores now. Like throughout the game, you can review shots. You know, that, I, I, Todd Graffinini loses his mind on the broadcast when that happens. I mean, what's new with Todd losing his mind? <laughs> but if they take away a point, God forbid, Todd yeah, will lose it. I, but I, I was, I was glad Jackson was able to do that. He talked last night about his dad being there. Um, so it was a nice surprise for him because yeah. he didn't find out he was starting, I think, until before the game. So he said it was a nice surprise for him to get the start uh, with his dad there. And, you know, he gave you a nice solid uh, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Nikhil has another strong game. It wasn't maybe from an efficiency standpoint which you would like to see from him, but the numbers were there, the confidence is there. And I think that's the big thing for Nikhil right now is his confidence level getting back up there. And I think – uh, and, and Antonio talks about it a lot. When those first couple of games of the year, he doesn't like to call them garbage time. It's it's confidence building time for those guys. And I think that was key for both Nikhil and Jackson to kind of build themselves up and having those early games. That first game that Jackson played against Golden State when it was the, the game was out of hand, mm-hmm. but he was able to go in there. He got 19 points. That was important for his development. And now you see kind of where it's paying off for him. Well, I always think about Kenrich Williams, too, because look at what happened with Kenrich Williams last year. If Anthony Davis did not request a trade, how much playing time would Kenrich Williams have got? And now you see the caliber of talent and the hustle that Kenrich Williams put in every single game. And let's be honest, it's probably the only reason he made the roster last year and this year is because of what he was able to show in the second half of the season last year. And now, because of the 
injuries. You have guys like Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander-Walker stepping up. And Jackson Hayes, we heard Alvin Gentry last last night after the game, not in this lifetime did he expect Jackson Hayes to perform and play the amount of minutes that he did last night. And you knew Nikhil Alexander-Walker, or you expected Nikhil Alexander-Walker to be a good uh, player for this team and now because of the injuries you're allowing these guys to step up and to show what they can do yeah and uh, another guy that no one really talked about Etwan Moore who was yeah. out of the rotation at the beginning of this season and all of a sudden you need him to step into the starting lineup and heading into last night's game averaging almost 16 points three games how clutch has he been in just showing the professionalism the fact that you go from out of the rotation playing 40 minutes on Saturday night against Miami and and, and playing well. Yeah, each one needed his ice tub today. He yeah, needed, <laughs> he needed his, his 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 cold tub. Uncle E. Uncle, Uncle e. e. Yeah, since I Brandon 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 Ingram has now dubbed him Uncle E, he is officially Uncle E. Uh, I also learned that Jackson Hayes calls Bi little bro, mm. which ah. is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be a height thing there. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, I guess sure. so. I think I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, but no, Etwan, I mean, you knew going into the season with having the caliber of guys you had on this team, mm -hmm. when you have a lot of depth, somebody's not going to play. And it feels weird to say this, especially coming off of some of the rotations that Alvin has had to use the past two years, that maybe there was too much depth. I don't think anybody in the front office or any coach will ever tell you that they right. have too much depth, but – when it comes to figuring out rotations, it makes it hard when you have 12 or 13 guys that you can trust on the team. And Etwan was the odd guy out early, but his injuries start to take their toll. I mean, right now, this is what? They just finished their 13th game last night. Only two guys have played 13 games, uh -huh. have, have played in every single game this year, and it's Kenridge and Nikhil. Everybody else has missed for some reason, injury, this, this, this. Uh, Etwan has come in. I mean, like you mentioned, he, he, went, he played 40 minutes the other night. Um, Again, the, the numbers are, aren't there to where he was last year, but some of that comes from you you know being cold and having to be, just be thrown in there. So, uh, But that level of professionalism to just be able to say, look, he never pouted. He never was complaining that he didn't get, you know, all those minutes. He just, all right, when it's his time, he's in. And, you know, there's ebbs and flows of, a, of an NBA season, and he knows that that's – sometimes people are going to get hurt, and sometimes, you know, you're going to be called on to shine. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said he's a professional, and, and John DeShader talks about it all the time. A pro's going to pro, and that's what Etwan is doing and has done is you can take him off the bench. Yeah, he might be cold for his first few shots, but he is going to hit the shots when it counts, and he is going to be not necessarily that hustle player like Kenrich Williams, but he's going to hit the shots, and he's going to do what you brought him on this team to do, and that's hit mid-range and hit outside shots. And you remember uh, you talking about the rotations now that we might see some guys coming back in the next couple of games. Yeah. You know, Alvin was having a tough time trying to figure out rotations before when you were healthy. Now that you're seeing some guys like Jackson Hill playing well, you know, I think he's going to have even a tougher problem when some of these guys come back, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, again, I guess it's a good problem to have yes. when you're trying to figure out how to put talented guys in the rotation that you know you can trust. But it's, it's still a big problem because not only that, I mean, we're still probably two to three weeks away from Zion coming back. Right. I mean – that's a big part of the rotation that's going to change at that point. Now we're not we're not talking 15 minutes here, 10 minutes here. We're we're talking 30, 32 minutes uh, when he comes back. So a lot of things are going to change. I, I do think we'll start to see some of those injured guys this week. Um, there is the home game against Portland before that little three game road trip. Um, I, Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, 
Jaleel Okafor, all of those guys who were out went through their pregame workouts um, on Sunday. So I do think you'll see some of those guys come back this week. I, I, I like Brandon Ingram coming back this week. I, I think he can maybe possibly return against Portland. But I, I think on this upcoming road trip, you get a lot healthier it just makes for harder, right. harder decisions for Alvin Gentry. Well, I've been trying to sort through my my thoughts since you asked that question and see if you guys can help me, but you've never really had the luxury on this Pelicans team of putting out a starting five and forcing other teams to match up to your starting five. You've never really had that on this Pelicans team, but you have had the luxury and you have the luxury this year of putting out guys that you trust have had the hot hand and kind of matching up to other teams, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but when you look at last night, you had Jackson Hayes on Willie Cauley-Stein, but because because of the injuries last night, you didn't have necessarily someone who could go into Draymond Green and yeah. say uh, pound for pound. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're not going to have that bang up guy like Jalil Okafor, like um, Derek Favors. Derek yeah. Favors, right? And you had Nicola Melli, who he's a big guy, but he doesn't necessarily have the lateral quickness to defend a guy like Draymond. So because of the depth, you are able to put out a lot of different lineups to uh, accommodate other teams starting five. And I think, like you said, that's not necessarily a bad problem to have. You have a lot of guys who have a lot of different talents, and now you're able to accommodate a little bit better to other people's starting five and to other people's lineups. I do think that the strength of this team going forward is going to be this bench mm -hmm. because you're going to, like you said, you're going to have a starting five that you can you can you know, change on matchups to do whatever you want. But if you're going to have a starting five of, let's say it's going to be Lonzo, Drew, B.I., Zion, and Derek Favors, you're going to have some strong guys coming off the bench. Your second unit is going to be – should be one of the best in the league once you get to that. And right. you, can, you can blitz guys in the second quarter. Uh, I know ideally they would like to play – Lonzo would be the guy who kind of plays the first six minutes, sits out, starts the second quarter with that bench mob – he kind of can be a little bit more of a scorer in that thing. But once you get to that point, I think you're going to see that that bench eventually become a strength for this team where you can kind of push guys. And then you don't have to play a Drew Holiday 37, 38 minutes a night. You don't have to have Zion taking 37 minutes a night. So you can get those guys down into the 30, 32, 34 range. You keep everybody more healthy. You kind of move on from there. And because of – sorry, just one more point. Because of that, like you and I talked about with Nikhil last night, it helps – and J.J. Redick said it helps to see the ball go in. Yeah. So because of these injuries, you're having these rookies gain confidence so that when they aren't having as much playing time later in the season because you've gotten a lot of these guys back from injury, they have the confidence of – hey, I'm just doing what I did before. The ball's going to go in. I'm going to have off nights, but I know I have the caliber of talent to play in this league. Well, let's also keep in mind that, you know, you talk about the bench and who got who's coming back, but how about wouldn't it be nice for Alvin not to worry about different starting lineups when we've been going through a trek of seven, eight games where you don't know who's starting. So even when you get everyone back, yeah. you'd like to see the same starting lineup play for more than one game with each other. because has, I think Has the starting lineup played for more than – a? Two or three game stretch at this point. I, I know it's so, been changing a lot lately. I don't. I don't think it's been I don't there think, for. I don't think it's three consecutive more, games. No, I don't I mean, even which know. Is, we might have done two, which is absurd. So. Right, absolutely yeah. absurd that you're 13 games into the season and you haven't had the same starting lineup for three straight games. Well, it's, you, it's it's ridiculous. You talk about the caliber of depth, and yes, we do have the depth, but or the Pelicans do have the depth, but 
not everyone's going to be hitting every night. Not everyone's going to have the defensive talent that they might have had the night before because you might have one of those nights where your feet feel like they're in quicksand and you can't move on defense or you might not be hitting every night. So because of the depth you have on this roster, you're going to have different guys being able to step up every night and it not, might not be the guys on the starting lineup. It might be those guys off the bench. So uh, interested to see moving forward what Alvin Gentry can do. It is you have not had a game this year where you've had the same starting lineup three times. I just wow. I just went back and checked that it. it's been two twice, I think, <laughs> which is also very bad that it's only been two twice, but that's and look, with guys coming nuts. back, you're not going to have you're not going to have that this week either because you're yeah, going to no. have a couple guys gonna, come back yeah. one game and another. So it's still not going to be that way until maybe after Thanksgiving or getting close to that. And that, that was the key too. We're yeah. also remember for people worrying about the injuries. It's hard to come back on a back to back. It's especially if you were trying to you thought some of those guys could come back in Miami, mm-hmm. and then you have to hurry up and play because some of those guys we travel be too. Yeah, and travel so. You're not necessarily going to play them against Miami, then take them back out of the rotation and play Golden State. That's why I thought some of those guys would come back last night. Obviously, you saw J.J. came back last night from mm-hmm. his toe sprain. Clearly, that didn't affect his shooting. No. <laughs> um, but that's why I think once you get on this road trip, you'll start to see some of those guys come back. They've had the time. There's no real need to rush these guys back right now if they're going to miss games. Look. Instead of you coming back 90%, right. I want you back 100%. Right. There's no need to push. I think some of those guys, if we were in playoff situations, I think Ingram would have been playing. I think Hart would have been playing. Some of those guys could have played. There's just no need to put them out there right now for risk of further injury. And to play devil's advocate between the media and the fans, how many how many people did you hear uh, with their playoff predictions put the Warriors in the playoffs? And it was just like, oh, this is the automatic eight teams that are going to make, yeah. make the playoffs. But And then when, when Zion, it came out that Zion had torn his meniscus, everyone was like, oh, that's it, Pelicans are out, blah, blah, blah. Every other team is just as susceptible to injuries as yeah. the Pelicans are. It, it is. It, look at the Warriors are a perfect example. You have Steph Curry who hurt his thumb or wrist and is out for three months. Every other team is just as susceptible to injuries as the Pelicans are. So it is not fair to write off a team just because of one injury, one injured player, or a few injured players that they have at the beginning of the season. It does. It does seem unfair though when it's happened to the Pelicans like yeah. four years no, in a absolutely. row. Absolutely, absolutely, it does. A, it does. It's amazing. You make yeah. a good point because everyone likes to try to pick the 18s at the beginning of the season. Of course, everyone likes to do that. It's fine, but there's always two or three of those that don't end up being the way it yeah. is. Golden yeah. State's one of them. No one thought Phoenix was going to be right now in the mix. And who knows? Again, with almost 70 Shout games ago, <laughs> yeah, if it was 70 games ago, they might not be in the mix later on. Also, you have to factor in the Pelicans' schedule. They had the toughest schedule through the first 20 games. So if you can hang on to hover around 500 or a couple games under before Zion gets back, the schedule only gets easier. And then you have teams like, we'll talk about in a second, the Portland Trailblazers, who everyone locked them in again because they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. And now, they're having to rely on a guy like Carmel Anthony to kind of help them snap a skid. So let's get into that real quick, Andrew, before we let you go. And I did not see that coming. I know Carmelo hasn't played a game since last November. And the fact that now the Portland Trailblazers, out of all the teams, it just it seems like an interesting, I guess, connection between the two that you could see tomorrow night at Smoothie King Center. It's, it, was, it was very funny to me. Um, we were, what was that, Thursday night when, mm-hmm. when it got announced? Uh, Christian Clark from The Advocate just kind of happened to look at his phone and get the, the tweet first while we were watching the game. And you can kind of hear it just go through the media section as 
everybody was kind of figuring out, like, oh, oh, man, Melo's back, Melo's back. And then everybody kind of realized, like, oh, Portland's coming to town, mm-hmm. like, early. And then Woj says the other day that he's going to make his – they're on a six-game road trip. Right. He's going to make his debut on the road trip. It possibly could come in New Orleans on Tuesday. Um, I, I thought Melo was going to get another chance. To be quite honest, I thought it was going to be with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, that, it, you know, his his buddy. Part of the banana boat. Banana yeah, boat, yeah. His, his, <laughs> his buddy LeBron James was going to was gonna make it happen. But the the good thing about it, there there is an actual need in Portland for a four-man right now. There There isn't. With, with Zach Collins is hurt. Obviously, uh, Nurkic is still hurt. There, there was a need for uh, a four to come in. Um, if he is a change guy, he, he's going to have to obviously accept bench minutes. I don't know, you know, he can't come in, and I don't expect Melo to start. I don't expect right. to hear his name in the starting lineup on uh, on Tuesday night if he if he does play. But uh, it is going to be interesting to see how how they use him if he makes his debut. I think he's ready, but you know, it takes time to, to learn a team system and things like that. So I'll, we'll see where he's at, and especially since. Carmelo's an ISO type of guy, and you already have two guards that are pretty much ISO guys, and Lerma McCollum. I mean, yeah. I think that's where it's going to, you know, be very interesting. Yeah, you to definitely, see. you definitely have to balance those minutes to where Melo's playing when maybe when Lillard's out, right. or you know, that way he can kind of dominate the book because that that is what he does. It's where you know you didn't see it work the way that way in Houston because of you know where he was on the defensive end. So uh, I, I do think he's going to have to play some bench minutes just because it's it, he's going to have to stagger those things with uh, with Dame and with CJ. Now, I know we teased this before Andrew stepped in here that Caroline had a great Carmelo Anthony story that yeah, it's she not was... A, it's not quite as embarrassing as my first kiss story, but um, it is pretty <laughs> Which funny. we heard here first. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty funny. So uh, I tell this story every time someone brings up Carmelo Anthony just because I think it's so crazy, and I like to make my my dad feel bad. So, uh, in the 2003 NBA draft, shout out pops, yeah, yeah. 2000 NBA draft when Melo was drafted, he um, made an appearance at the NBA store in New York. At the time, I was in New York with my dad and my brothers, and we went to the NBA store not knowing that this was happening. So they had a raffle to play knockout with Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Botch. Um, so everyone walks into the store, gets a raffle ticket. We're shopping, whatever. So they um, they announced the raffle ticket winner and everyone's just kind of circle around. I think that we were on the second floor of, uh, the NBA store yeah. and we're looking down at Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch and Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony. So we're all holding our tickets again. I'm seven, eight. So I'm looking at my ticket and I have those and big you were, you were eyes. Seven foot eight? Yeah, no. you really, you really <laughs> I'm shrank. seven or eight years old. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at my raffle ticket, and they call my number. And so, again, I'm young. I'm freaking out. I get to go play knockout. I love basketball at the time. I'm just like Did so you run excited. down, like, the price is right when you figure out that you're going to be the next contestant? So, wait. I was about to. My dad snatches the raffle ticket out of my young hands and says, no, you're too young, and goes downstairs and plays knockout with these players. Albert. What the <laughs> heck? What kind of father does it? it? It was before social media, but I could have been a youth basketball sensation because I was probably adorable at the time. You know, whatever. You said probably. <laughs> I mean, you were seven foot eight. I mean, yeah. You, yeah. You should have been. Um, and so I just never let my, my dad live that down. And every time I think of Carmelo Anthony, I think of that time when my heart was broken by my own father. How, more importantly, how did he do? Yeah. In how, the how he lost. He, he knocked, got knocked out. Um, 
immediately. Like they would have had pity on me because I was young and they would have just kind of like let me at least get second place and I probably would have gotten a picture with them, but no. No, my dad did decided. he airball it? Like, was it like embarrassingly bad? Or my dad has a shot like you, so oh, I'll just let wow. you determine Man. how bad he did. <laughs> Man, that's wow. Yep, it's it was pretty bad, but you know. Well, this is Caroline's last show on the Pelicans <laughs> podcast, presented by SeatGeek. This will not be Andrew's last time he's on, but this is certainly a good visit from Andrew. We appreciate you stopping by and. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow at the arena, my friend. Yeah, see you at the arena. Great stuff, as always, from Andrew Lopez. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore Andrew underscore Lopez. The underscore is before his name. We got into it in the last podcast about how many Andrew Lopez's there are out there, so that's how um, he can figure out his name. But, again, underscore Andrew underscore Lopez, and he will have some stuff on the Pelicans later on this week on ESPN.com. We're going to do things a little differently this week. Usually we're a Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast just because – we feel like you need to break from us every now and then, so space it out a little bit. But because of the schedule for the Pelicans and the travel schedule, we'll have another one tomorrow. We're eyeing uh, someone from the Blazers to come on the podcast and preview tomorrow night's game against the Portland Trail Blazers, especially with the chance that Car- Carmelo Anthony will make his debut tomorrow night. Again, there's no official word about that, but that's what pe- some people are suggesting, especially because he had to still get his physical. He's meeting the team on the road. Um, it would be interesting if he made his debut against his former team, the Rockets, tonight. But there is a decent chance that he plays tomorrow against the Blazers. And then on Thursday, it's another game day for the Pelicans. That's where they begin their three-game road trip as they take on the Phoenix Suns. We'll have a game day edition for you with NBA TV's Jared Greenberg because the game will be telecast on TNT along with Fox Sports New Orleans. So we're going to get a national perspective on New Orleans and also kind of look at the Western Conference as the Pelicans begin a tough road trip this week against three really good Western Conference team. So a big thanks to Andrew Lopez and, of course, Carolina Gonzalez, as today's show was presented by SeatGeek. Trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing with SeatGeek. You can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase in the SeatGeek app. Use the code GOPELS, all one word, at checkout. SeatGeek can score the best deals on tickets until tomorrow it's a game day for the pelicans i'm daniel salerson thanks for listening to the pelicans podcast presented by seeking